0: friend, welcome to this session of Contemplate here on this beautiful Wednesday. This session is going to be a little bit different. Uh, normally, in our rhythm of podcast releases, we would be releasing a conversation today on some topic, but uh, our schedules got overcrowded and some of the scheduling got into conflict and truth be told, we lost our recording interface, (laughs) it's just been, it's been one of those weeks. And so at Neighbors Church, one of our core values is simplicity. And when we start feeling like things are getting overcrowded and we start feeling like things are compressing us, we always step back and we ask, are we overcomplicating things? Are we pushing for something? Um, And in honor of our value of simplicity, We decided not to press hard and try to get a conversation recorded, but instead to take this as an opportunity and do this unique session of contemplate. And and here's why. When we choose simplicity or when we choose to release our control and our pressing for something that we think is so necessary, it can and sometimes it really does result in us not doing something good for God, something great. For God, when we say we're going to live into our limits, it does diminish our ability to do limitless things for God, to do great things for God. Now, that being said, there is this incredible volume, this book called Every Moment Holy. There's actually a couple volumes of it. And it is a book of multiple liturgies. For everything that you can imagine, from making your cup of coffee in the morning to daily liturgies for waking, midday, evening, liturgies for going to the beach for you surfers, liturgies for, uh, for those that are preparing to use technology. It's, it's, it is absolutely incredible that there is a particular liturgy, a prayer that has brought tears to my eyes multiple times every time I've read it. And it's called A Liturgy for Those Who Have Not Done Great Things for God. And I thought that it might benefit all of us in this session of Contemplate to sit back and pray in such an honest and vulnerable and raw way with our God through this liturgy about the great things that we haven't done for God because we're limited. Because we can't go 24 hours a day, seven days a week because our schedules get too pressed. And just recognizing that those things, those dreams, those desires that we have, sometimes they will not come to fruition because we are frail, because we are uh, human. But God is great. And God does the greatest things through us if we'll honor these values of simplicity and living into our limits. And so what I'm going to do, it's a lengthy prayer. And I want to invite you in this session to just be prayed over to literally close your eyes and listen to the words. And if a particular line of this prayer strikes your heart, I would encourage you pause the podcast and ruminate. That is literally contemplate how the spirit is speaking to you through the lines of this prayer and take time with your father who loves you. And so as always, um, find a quiet place and get settled. And let's briefly bring our hearts and minds and bodies into just an embodied state of presence, presence with God and openness and attunement and awareness to his infinite ability and to his infinite love. And for this prayer, my friend, let's learn to lean not on our own understanding, but trust in him and in all our ways the great things we've done, and the things that we haven't been able to do. Let's acknowledge our Father and He will make our paths straight. Take a deep breath down into your belly now. And as you slowly release all of that air from your body, just feel the weight of your body sinking into the chair. God is present. God knows. God is with us. Starting with your toes, working your way up through your feet, ankles, calves, up through your upper legs. Just traveling with your awareness through your body, noting where there's aches and pains or tensions. Just note those. No need to sit on them or try to relax them. Just note that they're there into your pelvis and belly where there's always so much strain and into our innermost being in our stomach and just below our heart. Here is where we really feel the need to control and do great things for God and be limitless and it creates anxiety and it creates stress and it creates burden. It creates frustration and anger. If you feel these things in your body, breathe into them. Acknowledge that they're there. And then just envision yourself releasing them with the out-breath, another deep breath into your belly. Up into your chest that may be tight from trying to control the world around you. Feeling the tightness in your shoulders relax and sink down into the chair as you take the burden of image management and becoming something significant and great in the eyes of the world. That burden, let it lift off your shoulders. Another deep breath into your belly, relaxing your neck, jaw, tongue in the bottom of your mouth, cheeks, lips, nose, eyes, all the way up through your skull. Dear friend, this is a time where you don't need to pray with words. Someone else will pray for you. It's the good gift from your father to you today. And now I would just invite you to listen to this prayer and pray it for yourself as the Spirit leads. A liturgy for those who have not done great things for God. How many times have I been told, O Christ, by well-meaning people that it is my destiny and my charge to go out into the world and do great things for you? how many times in response have I prayed earnestly asking that you would bring such things to pass that you might use me mightily for the work of your kingdom? How many times have I then waited expectantly and waited and waited for that great thing whatever it might be, to be made obvious. How many times have I felt then the gradually settling weight of disillusionment, of disappointment and confusion when no great thing materialized? When no life-changing opportunity suddenly arrived at my doorstep? When no such moment of call or clarity was ever manifest at all? In the confused afterglow of those receding anticipations, I am always faced again with the unglamorous reality of my own life, of my ongoing failures simply to love well the people around me, and of my own ever-present struggle even to desire and to pursue a path of righteousness and obedience in my own small daily choices and habits. I am faced again with the same litany of tired, old temptations towing their attendant shames. And in such times I am left, O Lord, wondering if I have somehow missed your call completely and whether I might just as well abandon this pilgrim path entirely. For I fear that you must see me as I see myself unfit for any service to you or to your people or to this world. So tell me, my God, where is the disconnect between that life rife with breathtaking demonstrations of your power that I am told should be the hallmark of my walk with you? Where is the disconnect between those fantastic notions and the reality of my actual life, which is filled with petty frustrations, mundane responsibilities, and constant reminders of my own failure to wear well the name of Christ. Was it wrong that I should even desire to do great things for you, Jesus? Am I amiss to plead that I might be mighty and mightily used in your works? Do I need more faith, more righteousness, more of your spirit? Or have you simply judged me unworthy of your service? Where, O Lord, do I go from here? And in this moment of the liturgy, I would invite you to pause. And if you feel grief, allow yourself to grieve and express your grief to your father, the grief of a mundane life of unmet expectations. Part 2 O child of God, listen well and be comforted. He has never judged you unfit for any service. He has called you to, for it is in Christ's righteousness He has clothed you, and His measure of greatness has never been your own. If you would pray to do great things for your God, then you must pray such prayers without regard for how they should be answered. Pray them knowing that in his true and holy reckoning, such greatness will most often be expressed in a long practice of humble and sacrificial servanthood, and not in any pursuit promising a rise to power, position, or prestige. His might is often displayed as the grace that cradles and transcends our brokenness and poverty of spirit. If you would be so broken that the light of His grace might be more visible within you, shining from your chipped seams and shattered fragments, then by all means, make such earnest requests of Him. Make them with sincerity and without reservation. But if the root of your prayer is rather some desire for a heightened prominence or a sense of accomplishment and worth, either in your own eyes or in the eyes of others, then it would be better not to pray such prayers at all. Examine well your heart and motives before asking that His greatness be displayed in your life. When He answers, it will not be on your terms. For it is not you that will do any great thing for God, but God laboring in you and through you who will greatly accomplish His own good purposes according to the workings of His sovereignty and love Be liberated now from this burden of believing that anything depends upon you. And so be liberated at last to give yourself to His joyful service in grateful response for the grace He has lavished upon you. You have till now been too invested in the results of your own efforts, as if those outcomes were a thing you could never know or measure in this life. Be invested instead, child, in simple obedience to your king and in long faithfulness to his call, shepherding daily those gifts and tasks and relationships he has entrusted to you, regardless of outcomes and appearances. He will bring all things right in his way and in his time. All he asks is your willingness, your heart in his hands, your ways are in his hands, your days are in his hands. Be content in the station He has appointed you to in this season, and yet be ever ready to move at the impulse of His love. Tend well those things that are before you, however humble they be, and He will lead you in a time to other good works He has appointed for you. Whether big or small is of no matter. He attaches no numbers to your service. It is your heart and faithfulness He appraises. Seek not your own glory, seek God, and His glory will be seen in you, radiant in humility and in the strength of His might made manifest even in your brokenness, evident even in the smallest of services rendered unto Him or offered in His name, even though they be seen by none but you and Him, your reward is secure." Part three. Is this still your true heart's desire then, to do great works for the kingdom of heaven? It is. Though I had not known before even what it meant, I ask now for grace that I might truly and humbly repent of any root of vain glory buried in my former prayers. And I pray also for grace that I might now ask aright in purity of heart that the good works of God would be manifest in their many outworkings, in my heart and life, at all times and in all endeavors, howsoever it pleases Him. Amen. Now, child of God, avail yourself of His Spirit, that you might go and learn to love God and love others, practicing His mercies daily. There is no greater work appointed to you. Alleluia. Then to this great work of learning to bear his likeness and his light, I commit my life. May he strengthen and encourage you and lead you gently in that good way. Go in peace now to do his will, amen. To Christ be the glory, amen. Friend, rest well today. In the great and the not so great things that God allows you to do, for it is all for His glory. Shalom.